Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the data that has just been released today, or it'll be yesterday by the time we release this recording, uh, by the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand. Now, this is fascinating because this data covers uh, all of the properties that have settled in the month of April, which is the whole month that we were under lockdown. And so we've always, we've talked a lot on the on the show about, well, it'll be so interesting to see what, what actually happened during the lockdown. And now we've got the data to be able to talk about it. Um, and the big thing that we predicted was that volumes would decrease uh, astronomically. Uh, and of course, that's because you can't go out and look at homes and, and people aren't necessarily wanting to do something while they're under lockdown. And that seems to have been the case. So volumes sold year on year for the month of April are down 70 So last year, April 2019, just over 6,000 homes or properties were sold in the month of April. That's down to just 1,300 for the month just gone. Now, you might think, actually, that's not so bad given the fact that it was all under lockdown. But just remember that a lot of those property transactions will have been negotiated in March. So we have seen that massive decrease in volumes over that period. But what is really interesting is that the median house price in New Zealand actually hit another record high. So it actually went up by $10,000 based on last month. Last month it was uh, $670,000, now it's $680,000. But I do want to talk about why you shouldn't necessarily uh, read too much into that. But I mean, let's just acknowledge that that is significantly less volatile than we initially thought that it would be. I was expecting to see a bit of a drop there. Um, So you can be somewhat optimistic into it, but I do want to caution against reading too much into that. But before I explain exactly why I don't think we should read too much into it, Andrew, why don't you just give us a summary over how some of the regions uh, performed over the last month? You know, who had the biggest increases in price? Who had the biggest decreases? Oh, so uh, the so uh, let's look at Hawke's Bay first of all. So um, this is massive, up thirty nine point four percent from last year, uh, and hitting its new record of now six hundred and forty eight thousand dollars. Six hundred and forty eight thousand dollars for Hawke's Bay. Wellington also had a, had a new record at seven thirty seven hundred thirty thousand dollars, and that's up eighteen point three percent on last year. Nelson up a whopping twenty two point eight percent from last year uh, to. $660,000 and um, Auckland Auckland not a new record but up 9.2% on last year $925,000 nine hundred twenty-five, 9.2% is huge in a year um, and then in terms of some of the ones that were uh, less, less uh, well performing Otago down 12.1% to $400,000 and then uh, the Waikato uh, down uh, uh, 3.6% down to $530,000. And there are some things that I do want to mention about this, Uh, in particular just talking about that uh, New Zealand house median house price up 17% on this time last year up to $680,000. The reason I don't think you should read too much into this uh, or, or at least not if you're taking this as an indication of what your property is necessarily worth. Because remember, the way that this data is calculated, it is is based on what 
actually sold in the month of April. And remember that the properties sold in the month of March were obviously different to those that sold in April. And so because there are movements and different properties were sold, you've got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Now, why am I saying that? It's because while volumes decreased by about 79%, as I said, nationally, in Auckland, where house prices are much more expensive, volume only dropped by 69%, so uh, 10 percentage points less. So what does that mean? It means that uh, as a proportion, Auckland houses are making up a greater proportion of the properties that were actually sold than previously. And because Auckland houses tend to be more expensive, that means that those uh, that greater proportion of houses being sold from Auckland are pulling up that national median. It's, it's, it's almost artificially inflating it, if I can use that term. Now, of course, the median is accurate. I'm not saying that the median New Zealand house price, by the way it is measured, has not gone up. It has. But what I'm saying is be very careful about using that as an indication of what your properties are necessarily worth because I don't believe that the uh, media New Zealand, uh, that everyone's individual house price has gone up by 17% over the last year. And that's what I just need you to be really careful about. And just to give some indication of this, uh, Ryan's do release a distribution of uh, of the price of properties sold. So uh, in April 2019, about 14% of the properties sold were priced above $1 million. This month, it's 22%. So previously, 14% of houses uh, were $1 million plus, now 22%. So it's gone up significantly. Why? Because more of the properties sold are in Auckland, which tend to be more expensive. And that's pulling that price up. It's pulling the median New Zealand house price up, but it doesn't mean that your house price has necessarily gone up. Uh, similarly, pri- uh, houses or properties that are priced between 750k and a million has gone up from 16% to 21%, whereas the the proportion of properties sold at those lower prices has gone down significantly. So uh, back in April 2019, 39% of properties sold were under 500k. Now that's just down to 30%, so a drop of nine percentage points. So that's where you can see, hey, look, if these numbers were pretty consistent, would say, hey, house prices are really rocketing. Um, but what this is kind of suggesting is, well, different properties are being sold. So you can't necessarily take it as an indicator of what your property uh, is actually worth. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is I do want to defend Otago for a second based on, uh, of course, it has had that about 12.1% drop. But what's important to note as well is that the volume has decreased just astronomically over that time. So if I just flick to where that is, I can tell you that Queenstown Lakes District, the ever uh, the median house price dropped by sixty thousand uh, dollars between April twenty nineteen and uh, twenty twenty. But similarly, volumes dropped from 63 properties this time last year and 64 in March 2020 down to just seven in April uh, 2020. So the volumes have dropped so significantly that you can't really get a good reading on what on how the market is actually operating. It's just not a like-for-like comparison. And so Bindi Norwell, the CEO, uh, the chief exec of the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand has kind of said, hey, look, um, there is some encouraging data. There's some um, worrying signs in some regions, uh, but it is going to take 
a couple of months worth of data to get a sense of how COVID is really impacting the New Zealand property market. And she's absolutely right to suggest that. And I just want to point out two more uh, stats that I think are really telling. Uh, We've often said that when times get tough and the property market gets rocky, people just don't sell their houses. They don't list their their houses. And we do know that up to this point, uh, a lot of New Zealanders are not selling their houses and haven't been. The number of listings has been right down. Well, what's interesting is year on year, there are 29.3% fewer houses on the market in April 2020 than April 2019. So this time last year, there were 27,858 houses on the market. That's dropped to 19,702. So about 8,000 fewer properties are now on the market. Because the, the, the supply of properties on the market has decreased by 30%, that's going to help keep house prices relatively buoyant. And don't forget as well that just because somebody's listed their house on the market doesn't necessarily that mean they're going to accept an insultingly low offer or, or a very low house price. Uh, and that drop in the number of listings or uh, inventory, as, as it's known, and I know I sometimes uh, say that word wrong, so I'm sorry if I, I messed it up, Andrew. Um, <laughs> but I know that in Marlborough, in Marlborough and Taranaki, the number of houses on the market has dropped by over 40%. So Marlborough, 43% fewer listings. Taranaki, about 42% fewer listings. And so you can see, look, even if demand for properties drops by, say, 40%, um, house prices are still going to stay relatively buoyant. And what we do know is that there are a lot more investors and there are a lot more first-home buyers looking in the market at the moment. We know that from Tony Alexander's most recent real estate uh, agent survey, which we'll talk about more in a future episode. Uh, but we do know that the those buyer segments are active and they are particularly active in the low to medium range medium uh, range of houses. So we will see demand stay there and I don't predict that we'll see uh, any substantial decreases or prolonged decreases in house prices. But what I would predict is that I am expecting the number of days to sell by the time we get the data for next uh, for, for May 2020. By the time that's released, which will be about the 15th of June, I am predict that we will see the days to sell massively increasing around the country. At the moment, it sits at about 34, I believe, is the average number of days to sell uh, a property in New Zealand. That will likely increase significantly. Why? Because there will have been properties that just sat on the market while we were all in lockdown, and so there'll be an extra thirty days uh, or so for to which they 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 won't have sold. So we probably will start to see those that that stat increase over the uh, over the next month when that data is actually released. But look, just to summarise this uh, monthly report from the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand, not as volatile not as volatile as we would have necessarily predicted. Um, there's some good stuff you could read into it. I believe that Auckland. Uh, it, with with uh, house prices still at their second highest they've ever been, up from nine hundred thousand in March twenty seventeen, uh, but down from from last month by about twenty five k. I think that's a really positive sign, and we can read that there is some health and some heat in that Auckland market. Um, some of the big jumps that we've seen in some of the other regions like uh, Hawke's Bay and down in Otago, it's a bit more of an aberration just because the volumes are so low so a bit less to read into that so hey, let's wrap it up there but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, it really does help us get the message out to more people and we have our final weekly webinar this Tuesday at 7pm I say it's final weekly because this will be the last time we do it every week we will be dropping that back to monthly sessions though uh, and we will continue doing 
doing that. So if you're keen to come to this one, Andrew's going to talk about what he's learned from owning 38 investment properties and how he manages to track it all, keep his hand over it and figure out what's performing and what's not. So uh, I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes. So tap or swipe over that cover art. It'll take you right there or just head along to opuspartners.co.nz and you can sign up. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Michael. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.